Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. The Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiastes chapter number one. Ecclesiastes and chapter number one. We have just started this series of Ecclesiastes being able to study this Old Testament poetical book penned by the king at that time, King Solomon. King Solomon was known to be the wisest man on earth, but now as he's at the end of his life, he spent the last 15 or so years away from the Lord. And now as he's taking an honest observation back at his life, he is pinning some of these observations that he has, trying to look and see what his life is like without the Lord, without giving regard to God. And these um, observations become very powerful because they're going to be universal for anyone who decides to live their life without regard to God. That they may look like they enjoy life for a moment, but then when it's all revealed, it sees how empty and frail and worthless that life really ended up being because it was a waste when everything is blown away. We find more of these observations in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And notice with me starting at verse number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and notice with me in verse number 12. I the preacher was king over Israel in Jerusalem. And I gave my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of men, man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and I have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart hath great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this is also vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. I said in my heart, go now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 2? Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and notice with me in verse 1, this phrase, therefore enjoy pleasure. Therefore enjoy pleasure pleasure. And with this, we want to hit a lesson that we want to entitle created for pleasure, created for pleasure. Now, as Solomon is writing this, 
Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived, but he also gave himself to knowing knowledge. He just didn't study plants. He became a botanist. He just didn't study animals. He became a zoologist. He knew things about science. This was a man of great intellect, and he applied his heart to try to learn as much as possible. So here's a man who's in a position of power, a position of authority. He's a man who has the ability to experience pleasures. He's a man who's wise. He's a man who's able to extend the, the, uh, um, the borders of knowledge just to learn and to uh, discern and to receive. Here was a man who was qualified to give observations about life. He has given himself over to study. In fact, notice some of these things that he is uh, put with in verse number 17. And I gave my heart to know wisdom. Meaning I poured myself, I gave myself over to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this is also vexation of spirit. He says, I gave my life to be able to study all aspects of life. I studied what people did and I studied the results of it. I studied how people live their lives and I saw how it turned out. And I realized that as much as I can to studying people, that just by studying people doesn't end up satisfying, give all the answers that's needed. He says, this is why it's vexation of spirit. In fact, notice with me in verse number 14 again, uh, verse number 13. And I gave my heart to search out wisdom concerning all things that are done under the heaven. And this sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. And I have seen the works that are done under the sun. Remember that phrase under the sun is a poetical way of saying without regard to God. He says, I've given my life to study how man lives without regard to God, how they carry themselves, how they deal with their lives, how they deal with their jobs, how they deal with their families, how they deal with pleasure, how they seek after things. And my conclusion is, is behold, all is vanity. That word vanity carries the idea of empty. He says, my conclusion of seeing people live their life without regard to God is that when it's all said and done, their life is empty. All is vanity and vexation of spirit, meaning that inside of their spirit, they're, they're, there's an aggravation, there's an anguish, that this is just so empty that it doesn't lead to uh, a joy, it doesn't lead to a peace. This emptiness creates such a void that it's my life's a waste. This is a waste. This is so empty. Now, this is a conclusion that someone is making observation of. He's looking at his own life that I gave my life over. I've given it to knowledge, to wisdom. I gave it to pleasure. I gave it to experience life. I studied people. I studied how things work. I developed philosophies. And just living my life without regard to God, just living my life, just ignoring God, the conclusion I come with is that it's empty. It's empty. Verse 18, for in much wisdom, or verse 17 again, I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth in knowledge increaseth sorrow. There's an expression that ignorance is bliss. 
Uh, This is a poetical way of saying, listen, the more that I study people, the more that I study things, and the more that I study them in the context of living their life without regard to God, I'm finding a life that doesn't produce answers. You know, someone who can say, well, I don't know about everything. I'm just living my life from day to day. But they live their life without regard to God. There's still a hope. There's still something that, you know, maybe one day Prince Charming will come from the rainbows and the clouds and my life will be better. One day I'll get enough money and I don't have to worry about paying bills no more and everything will be better. You know, and someone in that type of state can just hope It's an empty hope, but there's a hope that maybe things will get better. Maybe things will turn around. Maybe things will flip over. Maybe one day he'll behave. Maybe one day they'll get fixed. Maybe one, but Solomon has said, I've given my life to study all aspects of life. My conclusion is that all of my study has made it where it's more empty and more hopeless because there is no answers. There's no fixes. It will not get better by itself. It will not turn over. I'm watching people's lives. I'm watching how they spend their life and I'm just seeing all of it is an emptiness. Oh, can you hear the despair of this king who's walked away from God, giving an observation of life? In chapter two and verse one, he now gives a philosophy. By the way, it's the same philosophy that people have drawn conclusion today on. Notice what they give this conclusion, this philosophy of life. Verse number two, or chapter two, verse one. I said in my heart, go to now and I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also was vanity. He says, when it all said and done, living your life without regard to God, living your life under the sun, That the only conclusion you could draw up to is that this is the best life that I have. I might as well do what I can just to enjoy it. I know there's going to be consequences. I know it's going to be empty. But what else can I do with a life? A life without regard to God is a life that's going to be so empty, so vain, so purposeless. He says, if this is the only life that I have to live well, then I'm just going to try to enjoy it. I'm giving my life for the purpose of pleasure. And by the way, that's where a lot of people are at today. A lot of people who have come to their conclusion that there is no God, there is no heaven, there is no life after this, that the only conclusion they have is if this is the only life that I have to live, then I'm going to make the most of it. I'm just going to turn myself to pleasure. Why bother laboring? Why bother working? All I should do is make today the best. Try to enjoy today. Just try to get as much pleasure. And I know that it's going to leave me empty, but I'm just going to put more pleasure. I'm just going to put more things to distract me. And we all know people who live that way today, that it's only for today. It's only what I can do for me now. It's what I can do to survive the day. It's what I can do just to enjoy the time that I have. Is this all that life has given to us? Are we created for pleasure? Is that all that we have? Well, if I could reword that a little bit and say we were created for pleasure. But we have to understand whose pleasure to live by. Notice with me Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. When we were created, we were created for purpose. But the purpose is not 
to chase after our pleasure, we were created with another purpose. Notice with me Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, and notice with me in verse 11. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. If you are familiar, we've just hit this passage in a different series dealing, this is what's happening immediately after the rapture as the church is up in heaven. And notice what they're doing in verse number 11, uh, verse number 10. Uh, Revelation 4.10. And the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they were and are created we do understand that our life can be defined that we were created for pleasure, but we were not created to find what pleases us. We were created to find what pleases God. What is it that pleases God? What is it that we're looking for? So with this backdrop in mind, let's go study some things in the Bible and get an understanding here that we were created for God's pleasure. If you don't mind, let's go examine some things. First of all, let's just take a quick little pit stop in the book of Romans chapter 1. The book of Romans chapter 1. Romans in chapter number 1. And we want to see the principle, what, what has happened, that we started off with the idea that we were created for God's pleasure, and now we've come to the conclusion that we're just supposed to live for our own pleasure for day to day. What has happened? Well, what has happened is that the truth has been changed. The truth has been changed. Romans chapter number one. Romans chapter one. And notice with me, let's just get a good running start. Romans chapter one and notice verse 20. Romans chapter one and verse 20. And the things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen and being understood by the things that were made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In verse 20, it's giving a, a summary that every person has been given the light of God through the light of creation and the light of conscience. That was Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Everyone, every person who's ever lived has to admit there's a God by the light of conscience and by the light of creation. It's not enough light to save someone, but it is enough light to condemn them. There is evidence that there is a God. Now every person has to respond to that light. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they had evidence of God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain or empty in their imaginations and their foolish heart were darkened. Professing themselves to become wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible man to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. 
So we see that the truth had been changed. God had revealed himself that he is God. Every person has this light, but every person has to respond to that light. Light obeyed produces more light. That if we look and say there's a God and I want to know him, he'll show us more about him and we learn more about him. But anytime that we see God and we say, oh, and I, we reject that view of God, light disobeyed produces more darkness. Well, these people disobeyed God. They disregarded God. They set God aside. They said, God is not real. God's not part of our thinking. We want to live our lives without regard to God. And so what happened is they rejected God. They started to get unwise philosophies. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They come up with these great philosophies about life. There is no life after this, so... You live for today. You live for the pleasure. We know that's going to end up being foolishness. They become fools because there is a life after this. There is a God that they're going to have to face. There is a judgment they'll have to go. And they've wasted all of that. It's all gone. They thought they were wise. They came to their own conclusion without God entering to their equation. And now they're fools. There is a consequence for that. They ended up changing the truth of God into a lie and served the creature, that's them, more than the creator. Life is all about making me happy. Life is all about the pleasure that I can have. Life is all about the here and now and don't worry about the consequences for tomorrow. They changed the truth of God. What is the truth of God? God created us for pleasure, but not for ours, but for his pleasure. We were created to please God. Adam and Eve knew who God was. Without a doubt, they knew who God was. But one day Satan came up to them and lied to them. God is not good to you. He is withholding truth. He is withholding something good from you. And they had to reject God's word and God's plan. And they came up with their own plan. And they disobeyed God's word. And there was consequences for it. You know, at the time that Eve took that fruit, she thought it was a good idea. She thought this was something that was going to better her life. They, professing themselves to be wise, became fools. And there were horrible consequences that came from this because they disobeyed God. They rejected what God had said. They did not live their life for God's pleasure. They lived their life for their pleasure. Eve said, I know I was created to please God, but this is what pleases me right here, right now. So when she saw that the fruit was good for food, she took and did eat and give to her husband. This is what I want right now. I don't care what the consequences. This is what pleases me now. You see, this happened at the very beginning. And that this is the philosophy that people have now. Have They either live their life with the truth that I was created to please God, so I need to live my life pleasing to him, or I come with a philosophy to the conclusion that it's all about my pleasure and I'm going to do what pleases me now and whatever makes me now. And I'm not going to worry about the consequences. I'm going to pretend there's not going to be any consequences until the consequences hit me in the face. This is a philosophy that everyone has. Either I'm created to please God or I'm created to live for pleasure here and now. 
Which brings us to another thing. Not only the truth that was changed, but we see the tragic consequences. The tragic consequences. The tragic consequence is that it is not possible for a man living a lie to find satisfaction. That was the conclusion that Solomon had made in Ecclesiastes. That I've been watching people live their life without regard to God. I've seen what they carried out. I've seen the consequences. I've seen what's happened. I've seen it in my own life. My conclusion is that life lived without regard to God is empty. You could live your life for pleasure here and now. And it's just going to live to an empty life. That is a tragic consequence. Well, if we were created to please God, we need to find out what does please God. Well, I'm thankful the Bible clearly has an answer. Notice with me in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Without a doubt, we understand that this concept of pleasure plays very much a part in everybody's life. We were either created to please God or if we reject God over us, then we live for the pleasure for us here and now. What pleases me? What satisfies me now? But we know that we can be pleasing to God and God tells us clearly what pleases him. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 Hebrews 11, verse 6, notice what it says. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So verse 6 tells us what pleases him. What pleases him? Faith. Faith pleases him. All right. We were created to please God. So (laughs) next thing we have to do is what pleases God? Well, we find right here what pleases God? Faith. Faith pleases God. Well, if we're going to continue to draw down this path, we need to define what faith is. What is faith? Faith is defined in Hebrews chapter 11 verse, or chapter 12 verse 2. Notice with me if you don't mind, Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 12 and verse 2. Notice here's a good definition of faith. Looking unto Jesus. That is a good definition of faith. Looking unto Jesus. It's taking God at his word. So what was we created for? We were created to please God. What pleases God? Faith. What is faith? It's looking unto Jesus. It's taking God at his word. This is what pleases God. That I can trust God. I put my eyes on him. I trust in him. I read his word. I find out what he has for me. God can't lie. I obey what he has given to me. By the way, this also, (laughs) uh, let me take it one more step. All right, so let's kind of turn this into a sing-along, all right? First of all, why was we created? What pleases God? And what is faith? Now the next thing is where do we get faith? That's a good question. Where do we get faith? Well, the Bible has an answer for that too. Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 17. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. The by hearing is the middleman, so we could just draw a direct line. Faith cometh by the word of God. So let's kind of explore this. First of all, let's do my sing-along again. First of all, why was we created? What pleases God? What is faith? And where do we get faith? Word of God. You know what this means? If you are not reading your Bible, you cannot, cannot, cannot please God. You cannot. You know how many Christians are not pleasing to God? Because they're not reading their Bible. This isn't pissed pastor's opinion, by the way. This is what it says. Why was we created? What pleases God? What is faith? Where do we get faith? God's word. Taking God at his word. Looking unto Jesus. You cannot live a life pleasing to God without being in God's word. You said, but preacher, I'm sorry. It's not my opinion. This is what the God's word says. You have to be in God's word for yourself. And then not only reading God's word, doing God's word. That's how we exercise faith. God told me this. I obeyed this. I was pleasing to God. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. So a person who comes to the conclusion that they're a sinner and because of their sin that they've offended a holy righteous God that they realize Jesus is the only answer for them and they personally accept Christ as their savior they took God at his word, right? Because they took God at his word they exercised faith now they're pleasing to God. Someone who just gets saved is pleasing to God because... They did what they were created to do. Now, after that, each day, we should be taking a promise of God, something from God's word, putting in our life, and now I'm pleasing to him because I'm just obeying his word. It is impossible to please God without faith. Faith is taking God at his word, and faith comes from God's word. You cannot divorce the thing. How can I be pleasing to God today? Just by taking something from God's word, putting it in part of my life, trusting God, and I've exercised faith. When I've exercised faith, I'm pleasing to God. When I've been pleasing to God, I've done what I've been created to do. You understand, this makes it simple. Every single person here can be pleasing to God today. You know, you don't have to wait until you've been serving God for 20 years that only preachers can serve God, only people who are missionaries. You know, you can be pleasing to God. You all can be pleasing to God and just as pleasing to God today as I am just by taking God at his word, taking something from God's word, applying it, trusting God that we've exercised faith. Faith pleases God and that's why we were created to do. God has made the Christian life simple. Just being God's word. Find what God has us to do, trust it, exercise that faith, taking him at his word, and we've done what God's want us to do. Now, this makes it so life is not something that's always beyond our grasp. I can be pleasing to God right now. I have a purpose in my life. It's not empty. It's not vain. It's not something that goes away. I can be pleasing to God today. What a wonderful thing. But the tragic consequence is that so many people, so many people 
are only living their life to please themselves. They believed a lie and are worshiping the creature more than the creator. And the tragic consequence is an unsatisfied life and then a Christless eternity. This is a big deal. Which brings us to the last thing, trusting Christ. Trusting Christ. Notice with me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want to show you a powerful, powerful verse. Remember that Romans chapter 8 is dealing with the Holy Spirit's interaction with man. And we can see the Holy Spirit's interaction with man dealing with his body. The Holy Spirit's interaction with man dealing with prayer. Notice with me in Romans chapter 8 verse 32. We can see something else here. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. Notice this powerful, powerful promise here. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Think about this. That Jesus died on the cross. God gave up his son to die on the cross for our sins. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Because God loved us. Right? For God so loved the world. He loved us. So he loved us so much to give us his son to die on the cross for our forgiveness of sins. It does not make sense that God would send his son to die for us on the cross and then not give us $5.25 when we need it. God is willing to give us, because he loves us, what we need if we trust him. If we depend upon him, exercise faith, he's able to give us what we need. Notice I didn't say what we want, but he's able to give us what we need. He's able to satisfy. There are so many people in life that are just so needy. And it's because they don't have God. They've been living their life emptily and having the consequences. And now they have so many needs, so many things. But as a Christian, we can trust God and put trust God's word and depend and trust on him and watch God work and God can supply and take care of our needs so we can enjoy the journey that God has given to us. In Luke chapter 12, we're not going to turn there, but Christ tells us that we're supposed to seek those things that are in heaven and God would supply our needs. That we put God first and then he could, we could trust him to give us what we need. Do you believe this? God made this promise. We can trust him. There's nothing worse than living without Christ and then dying without Christ and then going to an awful place called hell. We need to have Christ as our Savior. But after that, that's not it. We can have a life that is pleasing to God, that is satisfied, that is fulfilled, that doesn't leave us empty. We can walk out of this life feeling fulfilled as we've done what God has given us to do. Now, let's understand, why was we created? What pleases God? What is faith? And where do we get faith? God has made it so simple that we just take God's word, find a promise, trust it, depend upon God, take God at his word, and we've exercised faith. When we've exercised faith, we've been pleasing to God. And when we've been pleasing to God, we've done what God has created us to do. We have a fulfilled purpose. Now, this is helpful. 
Now remember, Solomon is writing at a place where he hasn't been living for the Lord. He's walked away from God for the last 15 years. He's looking back at a life lived without regard to God and he studied every aspect of life. And the conclusion that he draws from is that life lived without regard to God, life lived under the sun is vanity. It's empty, it's vexation of spirit. It's emptiness. The only conclusion someone can have if they live their life without regard to God is just to live for me now. Make, I don't care about tomorrow. I'm just living for me now. I'm living for the pleasure now. And all it ends to is more of an empty life. But the Bible has given us a new and better way that we can live a life fulfilled. We can have a life full of purpose. We can have a life where we can be fulfilled for what God has created us to do. And that was to please God. By simply exercising faith, taking God at his word, looking unto Jesus. And we get that by just taking God's word. Every single one of you today can be pleasing to God. Maybe it's something simple as you make a decision that God, every day I'm going to search in your Bible to find one thing to obey and I'm going to obey it. God, I'm going to make a decision that every time the preacher preaches, I'm looking for that one thing. That's all one thing that you want me to do. And I'm going to do it. And you can live your life today and every day exercising faith, pleasing God, and doing what you're created to do and have a fulfilled, purposeful life. Or you can choose to reject all of this, not be in God's word, not obey God's word, just ignore it, just be there, and end up having an empty shell of a life. This is the conclusion that we have. Ecclesiastes is a heartbreaking book, but I'm thankful that it's able to show us the wrong way to live and the Bible show us the correct way. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.